0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of MetaViews, where we look at the relationship between power, technology, and society. And on today's discussion, we're looking broadly at Twitch and algorithmic injustice, but I've also been hyping this as the infamous tale of Business Daddy. Uh, In part, because I think your story, Business Daddy, provides uh, a really interesting entree for people who have no idea what Twitch is and how it works, and I say this because I think a lot of people make the mistake of thinking Twitch is about video games, which it is on on a dominant level, but it's much more than that in terms of of cultures plural and subcultures in a near infinite level. And my uh, understanding, my literacy of Twitch was very much uh, uh, derived from watching you (laughs) and and watching you both as a streamer, but also as a community organizer. In that you sort of, you know, your primary trade is as a chef, but you have a background in terms of an artist. And you also have a community organizer tendency, right? You've got that kind of sense of, all right, if there's something going wrong here, we got to do something about it. For sure. And, and that very much captured my imagination. And I learned a lot watching you kind of do your thing. So I want to talk today uh, really about algorithmic injustice and the win, which Twitch is kind of this slow motion train wreck, or, or maybe fast motion, who knows? Um, but maybe we could start for the people listening and watching who have no idea what Twitch is. You know, why don't we start with that question? How did you find Twitch? Right? What, what was your, uh, how did you stumble upon this platform? What did you make of it at first? And, and what was your original creative inspiration for your belief that this was worth your time, that this is worth your creative attention?
1: Um, that's a pretty good question because I came into the <clears throat> I came into the platform having really no background in serious or competitive uh, gaming. I didn't have like a, an online community um, whatsoever. Basically, my approach was as uh, as someone with, with without very much information and background at all. Basically, just trying to add another side hustle to the repertoire of like fifteen side hustles during um during a pandemic year. Yeah. Um, and so my f- original foray was um, I, I had treated myself to a PS4 and and you know was like told hey you know you're playing video games you're a femme presenting person uh, basically you can very passively video stream yourself doing what you'd do- be doing anyway and potentially earn income which was my entire basis for, for engaging with the platform initially yeah. and that Got flipped on its head. Um, I guess so. I I had stumbled upon Electrical Long Words channel and community, which you've spoken about on this segment uh, before, um, and found really something I was more interested in, which was a genuine community and genuine friendships, which like I maintain, even though I'm, spoiler alert, banned on Twitch right now. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I I it became more of a social platform, and um, I had eventually moved towards um, after basically seeing uh electrical on channel be used entirely for small streamer promotion and community organizing um i saw a need for um promotion specifically for marginalized communities for um, lgbtqia plus individuals um people of color
0: um well, and, and, and let's abs- double down on that in particular because you know, on the one hand, I, I had a similar experience where I my attraction to Twitch was as a media creator, as a performer, yeah. I, I saw it as a stage, as a hustle. And I was blown away by the community spirit, the, yeah. the social cooperation, the way in which people are making genuine connections. But I, I want you to elaborate a bit on the marginalized communities because Twitch does have a very toxic culture. Yeah. I think some of the dominant cultures on Twitch, whether game centric or whether specifically white male centric, can be really aggressive, really over the top. So can you elaborate a bit, again, for people who have no idea what Twitch is, both how these communities flourish, how there are, you know, people who in the real world are otherwise marginalized, but on Twitch are finding very powerful connection in communities, but are still in a hostile environment. Can, oh, can yeah. you tease out that paradox a bit?
1: So so I, I recommend for anyone who hasn't read this book, uh, Kill All Normies. Um, it's an incredibly, incredibly interesting little, little foray into 4chan culture. If you're not yet familiar, if you haven't seen the Q documentary, 4chan was a um, a message board in the early 2000s, late 90s, founded by a teen boy, a white teen boy. Um, surprise, surprise. And uh, a lot of and and the the um, culture was very permissive as far as speech, like anything goes, but to to an extreme where people would really test that non boundary. And become more and more shocking in their content for the sake of eliciting a reaction. And that really helped develop troll culture where, like, without any end in mind, people will will aim to offend, not necessarily even out of a sincere desire to, to I don't know, communicate bigotry. But sometimes that's very much there, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but just to get a rise out of people because of... I don't know lots of reasons and loneliness. But to your point,
0: <laughs> to your point it is almost like refining a methodology. Yeah. Right? Like here's this methodology of fucking with people, trolling, and we're going to refine it to a point of excellence in which it's weaponized, in which it's Absolutely. so potent as to be you know, radioactive,
1: and, and and the consequences in real life are are palpable. Like, I mean, if you're not familiar with the GamerGate controversy, um, female game developers and and programmers and just female presenting persons in tech have been the victims of such organized and fiercely directed harassment that they've had to relocate um, because they've had credible and detailed threats mailed through the post office to their home address and things like that. Um, like, it's just, it's, it's crowd behavior on a large scale, but directed towards, like, a, like nihilistic destruction for the mm-hmm. sake of mm-hmm. nihilistic destruction, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but that culture is blood over in Twitch because um, the Venn diagram of lonely white males who may be neurodivergent... Gamers and 4chan members—that Venn diagram overlaps more than it doesn't.
0: Yeah, um, yeah.
1: So it's, it's well, and, and Twitch yeah.
0: becomes a kind of a fertile, a uh, reaping grounds or fertile staging grounds. Uh, because there are lots of people. Twitch is a mass platform. But to your point, the Venn diagram for what was incubated on 4chan and practiced on Gamergate now has Twitch as a garden to go nuts.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> and you you see the iconography that is taken directly from 4chan all over Twitch. Like Twitch itself doesn't necessarily have global Pepe the Frog themed emotes. And Pepe's kind of like had his comeuppance because the artist who created This icon of like just like a kind of poorly drawn, like stoned looking sad frog had no ill intent, but it got appropriated on 4chan as a symbol of hate in an extreme way. And then full circle through his effort and I think Hong Kong activists reappropriating this badly drawn frog again, now is rather benign. But, like, it's hard for me to forget the 10 years where people would post Pepe the Frog as as a means of, like, smirkingly, like, trying to inject anti-Semitism into a conversation yeah. or something, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's hard to so forget that,
0: that. But this has been, I think, a good establishment of the cultural context in which there are <laughs> radical communities on Twitch. Yeah. There are diverse communities on Twitch who, on the one hand, are organizing, but in some cases, obscurity. So yeah. talk talk a little bit more about what you were trying to achieve with what I will call the <laughs> Business Daddy project, right? Which was an Everstream designed to help support and promote many of the people engaged in these communities. So Twitch,
1: until uh, June of this year, um, did not, despite many, many, many individuals collectively asking them to do so, have identity-based tags um, for their browsing and discover features. So Twitch's front page, if you are if you're new to the platform, it'll show you featured streamers of like of with large audiences, small audiences, different categories of games or content, blah blah blah. Um, but if you're interested in watching someone play Grand Theft Auto, for example, you can you can look for you know that tag or or category. Um, there was an LGBTQIA general category, but uh, I I think communities wanted more granularity in that mm. in that discoverability because um, they were facing harassment no matter what. Anyone will encounter harassment. You stay on Twitch long enough, you'll you'll get trolled. It will happen. Um, But they wanted a way to find one another and establish communities of support among each other. So one of the um, developers at Twitch uh, independently came up with this project called Peer-to-Peer. Twitch's API um, is open source for the most part. Um, So she uh, didn't have a hard time... uh, Setting up the structure of this website where you could um, voluntarily list yourself based on ethnicity, religious background, um, ability, sexuality, gender identity, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it was a really, really useful tool for... in particular, especially June of this year, I wanted to celebrate Pride by showcasing queer streamers only twenty four seven for a whole month. Mm-hmm. Um, and shortly after, you know, the month ended, then I got banned. But um, <laughs> that was that was the the purpose of peer to peer. And then they unrolled, you know, transgender, black, biracial, um, neurodivergent, you know, different identity based tags because I guess Twitch's concern was covering their own. Um, Skin in that they they didn't want uh blowback, um, I guess their concern was that if someone put a transgender tag on their stream that people would focus on them for uh, targeted harassment, but that was already happening, and the feedback from transgender streamers was, yeah, no, we know. But we want to find each other, please.
0: Yeah, um, like safety in numbers, right? Absolutely, and, and, and organizing, and solidarity.
1: Yeah, like let us find each other because it's a big ocean out there, and like we're you know floating on little you know individual rafts, just like looking out for each other, and we can't find yeah. each other. Yeah, um, until now. So thank God. Okay. I,
0: <laughs> I I think that was a fantastic description of kind of the the mission, right, or the mandate of of the Business Daddy Project. Talk a little, you alluded to it earlier when you talked about electrical longboard and sort of what we both discovered in studying and being part of that community. Talk a little more about the technology that you were employing uh, in Business Daddy that we are currently employing at the Academy of the Impossible as a kind of outreach to try to connect with many of these communities and many of these streamers.
1: So because Twitch's API is open source and fairly transparent, you can, You can make API calls and and requests for information back and forth in programs that you write yourself or programs that you copy and paste, in my case, and very slightly modify. So basically, um, my channel was and your channel currently is automatically joining uh, every single live Twitch channel, and you can refine it by category as well. Like If you don't want to show up and, you know, people playing Call of Duty, you don't have to.
0: Yeah, we for for the record, we're working on a combination of categories so that we mitigate the jerks <laughs> and maximize the people who are genuinely looking for connection. Absolutely. We're, we're tweaking it constantly, but yes, to your point, you can adjust who you join.
1: Exactly. Um, yeah. and the my uh the benefit of that was um a ton of exposure. You had a lot of curious people um Seeing you in their chat user list, even though you weren't necessarily participating, and just out of curiosity, landing on your channel, asking what's going on, you can welcome them and explain, "Hey, like I'm running this program, but also like here's what this channel does: we promote small streamers, or we uh, showcase live twenty four seven small farm content and Minecraft, and you know, really whatever." But that was that was the model taken from Electrical Longboard and Commander Root. And if you are on Twitch for long enough and just have a channel and go live, wait an hour, and then look at your user list, almost all of those users are are using LurkBot technology um, and aren't actually watching your stream, which is annoying to some people. And you have some very miffed individuals as well.
0: (laughs) Although I I think that's an interesting point, but I want to step back and sort of, you know, spell out exactly what you described (coughs) that within Twitch, you can connect to a public channel and as long as you're not manipulating their viewer stats and as long as you're not posting spam in their channel there's absolutely nothing wrong with doing that with the side effect being that it's kind of like a little signpost saying hello i'm here exactly
1: and some people see a sign like that and they wave back and some people see a sign like that and they kick it I mean, it's a mixed bag, but it's allowed in Twitch's terms of service. And I do want to make that really, really clear. Twitch's terms of service doesn't endorse using their API to do this, but it does not specifically forbid it.
0: Um, I, I actually think it kind of does endorse. And the reason I would argue it does endorse is, and, and we're anticipating where I want this conversation to go, which is Twitch and governance and responsibility or lack thereof. But Twitch's model is, is to give people the power to broadcast to maybe tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands with like zero controls on what you're doing with such an audience. Yeah. So, so Twitch's <laughs> assumption is that you're gonna use automation. Twitch's assumption is that there's a marketplace of bots, Nightbot, Moobot, all sorts of others, that you can pay to help you manage your broadcast so they are actually endorsing the use of automation. Yeah. <laughs> and that is what you did as part of your project quite effectively in terms of reaching out to these communities. Now, uh, Hara Claren in the chat, you know, she uh, was specifically asking if you might tease out a little the psychology of why this might be annoying to people.
1: Well, even just speaking for myself when I first joined the platform, like I didn't, you know, I'm, I'm i I 38 and grow up in a ro- under a rock, so I have some awareness that chatbots exist, but I did not have any program ex- experience or, or software development experience, and I wasn't sure what their capabilities were. I'm like, how, like, is this completely benign? Like, are, is this malicious? Like, are you mining data that I might not want you to mine? Like, what what's happening? I don't know. I'm scared. Help someone give me hugs. I don't know. And and that's kind of, I think, where people come from when they're when they're like coming in with exclamation points over their head um to your channel, like, why are you in my chat? You're not talking ah Um and it's normally easy to reassure those folks, but uh, sometimes it isn't. And it's just
0: Well, and and that in and of itself, I think, is a fascinating psychological (laughs) experiment, both (laughs) in in terms of people's uh, projection, right? The subjectivity of projecting what they think is under the world. But something else I'm flagging now because I do want to come back to it later, which is the scandal of underage children on Twitch. Oh, yeah. Because that is the other thing you quickly discover. And, you know, we encountered a kid yesterday who came and said, why are you in my channel? And we gave them the explanation and they said, well, my parents said that only kids are allowed to watch me to which we tried to explain to them. There's no way to control. Yeah. That's not how Twitch works. You should tell your parents, you should not be on Twitch that, that this is not for you. Yeah. And they, they of course did not want to hear that. So they kept insisting that only kids could watch their stream which is technically against the Twitch terms of service, because if you're under 13, you're not supposed to be on this platform. And if you're under 13, you're a kid, so... It's it's a
1: catch-22, because it's also impossible to to actually enforce their age limits and restrictions. Like, also speaking for myself, having not lived under a rock when I was 10 years old, I was in chat rooms on AOL, yeah just like wandering around the internet, ruining my my virgin eyeballs with horrible content. And I'm sure kids have even more access now than I did in, you know, the late yeah. 90s, early 2000s. <laughs> um, but that's, that's also, I think, inherent in a platform that was originally designed specifically for gaming and is now very much more broadly utilized. But um, as much as adults... Uh, thoroughly enjoy video games and the stigma of video games being a toy is kind of broken down at this point it still is a very sophisticated toy and lots of children enjoy playing with toys
0: well but also children uh, like adults want attention right? uh-huh. they, want, they yeah. want connection they want community and, and it understa- I understand why they would come looking for it here now I of course want to get into the, the title of, of our talk but before we do uh, tell me a little bit about the last days uh, uh, of of business of the Business Daddy Project. What kind of response were you getting from users? You know, were, did you feel you were successful in terms of reaching the the communities that you wanted to reach out to? And what was the community that was forming around your channel? What was it like? And you know, g- give me a sense of where you felt the project would be going yeah. uh, if it had not been crushed and squashed <laughs> by Twitch.
1: Um, well, so I had noticed a lot of, I mean, again, mixed bag response. You can't control other people's behavior and, and emotion. But I, I, I had experienced mostly a positive response from, and again, that point, primarily the queer community, neurodivergent community and communities of people of color, Um seemed very thrilled that somebody was really focusing on showcasing and promoting and nurturing those communities and that culture on twitch um and my observation had been you know having used the platform for about 10 months to a year that in that last month and a half when i had automated my channel um i had also been showcasing the wholesomest content Mm -hmm. (laughs) that I had ever encountered on Twitch because a lot of the popular categories are like first-person shooter games where your goal is to snipe as many people as possible and yada, yada, yada. Whereas um, the communities I was showcasing were playing a lot more, a lot fewer violent games, or even if they were playing violent games, like with this undertone of like sweetness and just like genuine wanting to have a good time and make friends which Mm -hmm. culturally was something i wanted to amplify because Yeah, it yeah. makes me feel warm and fuzzy and happy and good and why i stayed on twitch basically
0: but and to your earlier points it provides alternatives to people on the platform who don't want to bask in the toxicity who Absolutely. Are, are, are looking for something else
1: it was a very welcome respite um and i also to to be fair had in that time taken on a very demanding job as far as my hours so there was a benefit to my channel being automated, but the the drawback was that it was young enough in its in its automation that I didn't have a community of a hundred plus moderators like Electrical Longboard did, um, who were constantly in the chat. So when I was at work, I'd come back and see, you know, pardon my language, but like things like "I'm going to come to your house, I know where you live, and que- <laughs> and queef in your mouth," and I'm like. <laughs> Oh, that was really scary until you said queef in my mouth. and (laughs) (laughs) Like, I know this is bullshit, but also, what?
0: Yeah, but but, you don't need it. It's not what you need to come home to.
1: No, no, no. Um, And it was also clear, like, oh, this is probably coming from, again, just, like, looking back at my own patterns of behavior, uh, probably, like, a 13-year-old. Because a 13-year-old says stuff like that. Um, But also, you know, I would ban those users from my chat, and I'm wondering if... The erroneous report of ban evasion came from a disgruntled tween.
0: Yeah. So, uh, but, but I think that's that's an interesting point because it ties back into what you were talking about earlier in terms of the mimetic warfare that was incubated on 4chan, practiced yeah. in GamerGate, and is now running wild. In that, it's not just trolling for trolling's sake it's understanding how to leverage the the tools on the platform to marginalize and silence people you don't like absolutely you know, and can, can you elaborate early. on on kind of what that is yeah. and how that plays out so
1: because twitch is is a Twitch experienced a uh, scale of growth during 2020 that they were not necessarily logistically prepared for, and also they are owned by Amazon, which I think is important to note because Amazon is so ass- aggressively focused on bottom line that, given the option of automation, like complete automation, and having human staff members moderate their platform, they're obviously going to go with automation yeah. because it's Amazon's pretty-
0: got a clear track record on that one.
1: Oh yeah. Um, to the point, I mean, you remember, I mean, side note, the, the Twitter thread from Amazon help was hilarious to me (laughs) anyway, um, as if I hadn't tried all those avenues already, but, uh, so, so given that, given that knowledge, um, bad actors can, uh, leverage that automation to harm people who, uh, are not violating Twitch's terms of service, who they just simply, I don't know, just want to piss off or don't like, or, I don't know, are having a bad day and they can basically nuke their channel without any basis or cause and Twitch will just take that at face value and, and implement disciplinary action without looking into it. And if you want to appeal it, it's a nightmarish labyrinth of, of non-human response.
0: Right? And, and that's sort of where I, I come up with the phrase algorithmic injustice because yeah. it's, it's assumed guilt where you have to put in tremendous effort to prove your innocence yes. and it's automatic. Yeah. Right? It can be flagged by anybody. It's and, automatic. And that's the absurd.
1: Swift and often permanent. Um, right now my channel is on a 30 day suspension, which I will take as a hiatus because I have shit to do. But um, also, uh, you know, people have had, you know, community. Like I, I, for me, Twitch was a hobby and a nice place to be. But for other people, it's, it's something they really put their eggs in, into the basket of as far as, you know, they'll invest in really, really nicer AV equipment or they'll, they'll make it a really, really big priority to emphasize the production quality of their stream and really try to build their communities and have it be a career. And when those people experience this kind of algorithmic implosion of everything they worked for, it's very devastating.
0: Oh, Absolutely. And where I kind of feel the coverage of this is not as nuanced or uh, in depth as it ought to be. Yeah, I, I did find it interesting that, for example, there's a Twitter feed, which its only content is tweeting out when Twitch partners get banned. Yeah. Right. and And, and it's not just because it happens so often. But to your point, it can it's usually a mystery. Like yeah. it's usually a whodunit of what did I do to get banned? Absolutely. Right? Where the community tries to deduce and figure it out because it is so opaque and to your point, also automatic.
1: It's opaque and automatic. And, and even, you know, yeah, getting getting Twitch to provide you the reason for your sometimes very permanent and severe disciplinary action, like they will just not tell you. Yeah, um, I was lucky that at least they listed my reason as ban evasion. Which
0: Can you elaborate on what you (laughs) suspect they were talking about? Because what's interesting is not just, I mean, A, the fact that they told you, I think, is significant unto itself. But it's not like in due justice or due process in a court of law where, you know, disclosure is here's all the evidence we have. Here's the basis by which we made that argument. Here's the court precedent by which we feel that this case is legitimate. No, No. it's (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's like what the fuck are you talking about?
1: It's like it's like getting a court summons like you've been accused of mail fraud or like you've been you've been indicted for mail fraud and here's your sentence and you're like, mail fraud? When, yeah. when or how did I commit mail fraud? But yeah. um according to Twitch's terms of service ban evasion is a a phenomenon where say I'm operating and chatting with people as business daddy. And I say really untoward things to, I'm just going to say, Philip one, two, three, four, Philip one, two, three, four bans my username. Then I go and create another username and continue telling Philip one, two, three, four, that he's stinky. And I hate him. Um, That's (laughs) ban evasion in its simplest form. Um, So hold on. We
0: we ought to take a tangent for non Twitch users. Explain the culture of alts. Oh, okay. What, what an alt is and why people might have an alt and then how many alts that you have <laughs> or, or, or may allegedly have.
1: Um, so alternate accounts uh, exist on many, are, are easily creatable on some platforms more than others. Twitch is very easy to create Um. Hundreds, if you desire, Uh, and they
0: kind of encourage it, do they not? Oh, they do.
1: You can have you you can very uh, easily have two accounts attached to the same email address. They totally allow that, Um, and I guess their their intention was to have you know if you want to have one account be just your chat bot, for example, you can have you know business daddy bot interact with your chat in an automated way um, without actually having to use your primary account. That being said. Um, going back to AOL chat room culture, if you get banned, you can just make an alt account, an al- another account, with a different name, and do the same thing until you get banned again. And that is a, a big feature of troll behavior, of, of, of harassment, 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 getting kicked out of the room, and coming back with like a fake mustache on, harassment, harassment, harassment. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's, that's what... So getting- in that
0: context, ban evasion is generally kind of couched within the online safety policy. Yeah. That the logic for ban evasion is not, you know, we want you off the platform. It's, we don't want you harassing people.
1: Absolutely. And uh, also, just fun fact, I did have over 118 alt accounts on Twitch. <laughs> I'm a weird, obsessive person who went to art school, and I wasn't even sure what I was going to do with all those alt accounts, but I had some impulse to do that
0: And <laughs> but to your point about art i was many of us i shall say were very impressed with your nomenclature of your alt, <laughs> like your ability to come up with fantastic a uh, coy uh evocative names <laughs> Was in and of itself a an artistic accomplishment,
1: and and one which I will emphasize was completely crowdsourced from c- community members on Twitch. Like I had a spreadsheet of drag and stripper names, <laughs> you know, yay long on Excel, that that you know at least twenty people contributed to for a full day. It was really really fun, but. Um,
0: But it kind of, to me, the ban evasion evokes the absurdity of you being charged with destruction of private property when it was your private property. Yeah, it's it's, it's absolutely... It's an example where the law just doesn't apply. No. It's it's an inappropriate charge.
1: It's absolutely inappropriate. And I I found out that the other channel that I had been using strictly to um, lurk in chats and promote Business Daddy was also uh, banned for ban evasion, even though they had never spoken in a chat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or at least not for six months. Like, I, I think I had interacted in Electrical Longboard six months ago with that mm-hmm. account. But mm-hmm. but I, I hadn't sent messages. I had received messages that I didn't even check. Like, I wasn't logged into Twitch's platform on that account even. It was mm-hmm. entirely so automated that it was just an abstraction. So the idea that that account was participating in ban evasion is very ludicrous to me
0: (laughs) and and it suggests that we have one of two plausible scenarios i mean obviously there's potentially more than that but two quite likely number one is the one you presented which is that there's someone with an axe to grind right who either on their own or with friends deliberately triggered the automatic enforcement mechanisms as a means of silencing you like that Is, is a very likely credible scenario because it happens on Twitch all the time. Yeah. Right? To, to people who are otherwise already marginalized who upset people by, the sheer, by their mere presence, right? Yeah. By the fact that they're queer, they're here, and other people just don't like that. Yeah. But there is another scenario that I will put on the table which I think is just as sinister, which is Twitch actively silencing you. Right. Which is Twitch kind of deciding, hey, we don't understand what's going on here. We're receiving reports. And rather than us take the time to understand what's going on here, we're just going to ban it and we're going to ban all accounts associated with it. What and find and, and both of those seem plausible to me because both speak to incompetence and negligence <laughs> on behalf of Twitch. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. You want to share? I
1: was going to say, I mean, I the only reason I might not feel as confident in the latter scenario is that I, I think be, I was so new to automating my channel that I was relatively small potatoes as far as Twitch is concerned. Which might actually lend support to the idea that they were just like, okay, I don't know, ban it, whatever. That being, oh hell, let that being said, electrical longboard had uh, like a 24-hour ban that they didn't understand early in their channel automation, and that was overturned without any action being taken on their part, and they got yeah. an ap- apology from Twitch
0: because they figured it out and were yeah. like, hey, what's going on? Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean. Modesty aside, I, you know, we are obviously both small streamers, but, you know, the Business Daddy project, I would assume in some way could have caught their attention, if only because of the sheer number of, of, you know, chat rooms that you were appearing in. Yeah. That if they, you know, were starting to study the practice that we are or that we have both mutually engaged in. That at some point, I think they are starting to take notice of us, if only because there are more people doing it. Yeah. And that's why I'm just now, maybe for future reference, putting this on the table. So that we may able be able to go back, but I do think the most likely is that you were targeted by <laughs> vigilantes on the platform and that, and that Twitch is just unresponsive, that yeah. they're not able to deal with these types of disputes in a meaningful way no and, and and that's where I think on the one hand, your story is educational for us who want to learn about Twitch. And want to learn about how these black box societies are tyrannies and (laughs) and how they they're just travesties of justice but i suspect that what happened to you is happening to a lot of people it is right and And, and that i think is the real concern here
1: yeah i mean if you go on reddit twitch support there are like numerous threads you know hundreds of users deep with a very similar story. Like I worked on my channel for months. Like me and my wife, like rented a bigger apartment. We made a room into a studio. Blah blah blah. Like I just wanted to have fun and grow a community. And then you know, some some like idiot saying "butt" over and over again was upset that I banned them from my chat, and now my channel doesn't exist. Like, fuck. You know, that's the, that's the story that I hear echoed over and over and over again. Yeah, is like a disgruntled butthead just deciding impulsively to ruin someone's endeavor
0: well and and not to belabor the point but to you know emphasize an argument you made earlier which i think is profound it is traumatic right like this is unnecessary trauma being inflicted on people who have come to this platform for all the right reasons and to have this blind, tyrannical justice happen to them is inhuman. It's, I, it's right? the
1: definition of the absurd. There's no reason rhyme. There's no way to explain it in a way where you can be like, okay, because A, then B. No, it's complete nonsense. Yeah. And that makes it impossible to, to find closure for, I think, people. Well, who... uh,
0: and, and allow me to make a kind of two-step argument. And step number one, which I actually want to get you to kind of reflect on, What blew me away originally about Electrical Longboard and then very much affirmed my support of your project was the first time I saw that channel, I thought, why isn't Twitch doing this? Like, why doesn't Twitch have a channel where newbies could show up to a help desk and say, I'm new here. How do I get support? Yeah. Like, why doesn't Twitch have a breadcrumb in every new streamer's channel that says, Lost, come to this channel and we'll help you, right? And, yes. and that's why I thought what you were doing was absolutely brilliant. Because not only did you get that, but you said, let's do this for the most marginalized. Let's do this for the most vulnerable. Let's do this for the underdogs so that they actually get a chance to make a living, to make some money, to have a successful hustle on this platform. Yeah. But fundamentally in the back of my head I'm going, why is it Twitch paying business daddy? Right? Like like business oh, they're, daddy. They're, they're making too
1: much money for me with that affiliate Right? Punch. right? That's what I'm
0: talking about. But not just that, you're doing the heavy lifting for them. Like, you are doing the user support they ought to be doing. So, before I get to my second part of that argument, I would love to hear your thoughts on what moral commitment does Twitch have to support its users? Like, I'm not talking the justice part here. I'll get to that. Yeah. I just mean, like, newbies and and people who are vulnerable.
1: I, I think they have an enormous responsibility, especially given that a large segment of their user base are minors, yeah. um, who, if over thirteen, are completely. Wait, left. is that
0: Twitch calling with an offer?
1: No, I wish it would spam, but uh, <laughs> but I I think that they do have an enormous moral responsibility to help guide people towards resources, and they do have some where you know they they have tutorial videos and stuff like that that you can go through. Which are helpful in a limited way, but those resources aren't aren't advertised. Um, like Twitch's development page, like you can't stumble on Twitch's development page from the main website. You have to look for it, which developers do. But I think it's also maybe in, intentional because they don't want you know people futzing with their API who don't know what they're doing and causing a mess. Oops. Um, but, <laughs> Uh, I, I don't think that they live up to that responsibility. And I think that's just part of the nature of them being a company and, um, make either, either being incompetent and just like completely neglecting to acknowledge that this is a concern that they should address or, um, just being like, this isn't profitable for us to address. So we won't, you know?
0: Yeah. Which I think it's the latter very much so. Right. And, but here's my second part. I suspect that this dysfunction is so, is, is so, what's the word I'm looking for? Potent. It's such a powder keg that this is going to affect their bottom line. Yeah. That they are going to be forced to do something about it. Now I'm skeptical that they'll do the right thing. So here's my crazy (laughs) dystopian prediction. I suspect that Twitch is going to set up their own EverStream, which is a court. (laughs) That that EverStream will be the Twitch Court of Appeals and they will constantly live stream their tyrannical court of justice as a means of making it quasi-transparent, right? It'll be the trappings of justice, the veneer of justice. But in fact, it'll be the same old... It'll be a show, and that's how they'll be able to... I mean,
1: this is very Orwellian.
0: <laughs> but right?
1: it's very, very, very funny uh, to imagine. Um, I mean, I, I... I, Again, that involves uh, in, increasing the number of salaried employees that Twitch has. And I think that's... you know, I mean, you were talking about why isn't Twitch paying me? I'm like, well... You know, if I'm already doing the work and I'm technically giving them half of my revenue, uh, why I ruin a good thing (laughs) by forfeiting that half of their revenue.
0: Although, to be that devil's advocate to the devil, I suspect it's a lost opportunity on their part. I think that their revenues would be way higher if they actually leverage the dreams that these kids come to this platform with and give them a fighting chance to actualize those dreams rather than the, you know, the Lord of the Flies scenario that it currently is, right? Where it's just everyone for themselves.
1: Exactly. Um, And no adults to be found in the room anywhere. So,
0: you know, you you mentioned that you kind of appreciated the month off that, you know, given your your current uh, chef uh, gig and involved in ramping up a fantastic restaurant in L.A., are are you starting to think about what you're gonna do at the end of this 30 day suspension uh, yeah do you, do you think you'll try again to to sort of pursue your mission and mandate well i
1: I, I think'm I'm, I'm gonna basically pick up where I left off my my understanding is that it's very likely I will have lost some of the community that I built um which just makes sense I mean the internet is 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 a place that thrives on immediacy and as soon as something isn't current it doesn't exist. Um, and that's fine. But I also wonder, so, like, I'm, I'm an, I'm a resourceful person. I feel like it wouldn't be that difficult using the appropriate avenues, like LinkedIn, to find, uh, like, some, some member of the Twitch development team's email and to very thoughtfully and diplomatically pen something out, kind of outlining these concerns and observations in a way that doesn't sound like a disgruntled tween yelling at Twitter. Yeah. Um yeah. in a way that's hopefully more constructive. And that's not to say that I I feel self-important enough to think that that will happen or be met with, you know, action. But I think it's, I don't know, just seems... It's worth
0: an effort, absolutely. yeah And and I think the moral of our conversation today is that even though I, you know, for clickbait purposes, might frame this as the infamous tale of business daddy, it's not. This is a tale of Twitch. And this is yeah. a t- tale of of many streamers who, you know, face a, a, a very inhuman form of justice and yeah. in a very alienating and potentially traumatic experience of being banned. Uh, that That is not right. And, and I think... You know, given your uh, uh, fantastic command of the English language, as well as your political strategic skills to try to craft a letter like that, that would benefit a lot of people, I think, is an excellent oh, uh, 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 use of your time. Uh, absolutely. As, as modest as that may be.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the public avenues, unfortunately, are public enough that I, it, if I were Twitch support, uh, I would ignore probably everything that i received <laughs> in my inbox because so much of it would be you know just the word but copy and pasted although
0: <laughs> let, let's take a tangent on that shall we have a brief chat about the whispers that one receives while engaging in uh, 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 promotion via people's chats it's, that's an art project unto itself is it not it
1: absolutely is i mean to the degree of like 40 whispers a day and and you know, you could you could break them down by category. Some just saying hello, some saying thanks for joining my channel. Here's my Discord link as like a as like a host or a wel- a greeter basically would be at like a, a place of business or, or a social club or something, and then uh, a lot of people being like, "Are you a bot?" Uh, <clears throat> which is a valid question. I, I think that was something that was interesting that I noticed, um, with the electrical longboards community was like the indignance that seemed very contrived at the v- preposterous suggestion that this yeah. person might be a bot given the fact that they actually are completely a hundred percent being a bot.
0: Although I, <laughs> I want to touch upon that in a moment, but to your point about the whispers, I've been saving, because I do want to use some art with it. I've been yes. saving a subset of those whispers, which I call penance. And I call them penance because these are people who are apologizing to us because they feel that their stream sucks.
1: Oh. And, and
0: and again, it kind of reinforces why we do what we do. Like, it makes me think that our job is to affirm people and and to give them po- – like. You know, positive encouragement. Because so much of it is, I'm sorry my stream sucks, or I'm sorry my audio's terrible, or from friends of theirs, why are you watching that guy's channel? It's (laughs) terrible. Oh, and I love those messages. Yeah, to me, they're like so cathartic, right? It's, but they it, reinforce why we gotta be supporting these kids. Exactly. Why we gotta be them.
1: Yeah. No, I mean it's 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 uh it's lonely out there, and you know, great. Like you know, people will say to death, like, okay, your content speaks for itself. if You have entertaining content, people will come. But like sometimes, yes, sometimes no. I mean. If you say that about the art world, like people will laugh in your face. Like, no, it's not just about having interesting content. It's also about being in the right place at the right time, surrounded by the right people. And luck has a lot to do with it. Yeah um well just
0: being in andy warhol's apartment at one spot in the right time made your career right so there is (laughs) there's contradictions to all of this but i did i did want to take another tangent because one of the the lessons i learned from you one of the things that you blew my mind as self-evident as it may be was the role of surrealism right like when I first came to Twitch, I was a little stuck by the literalism of it, yeah. even though it was video games. And you kind of opened my mind of, oh, wait, Surrealism has tremendous opportunity here. <laughs> it was tremendous but, opportunity everywhere. But <laughs> the lesson I learned from the electrical longboard user experience is you reap what you sow. Absolutely. Because I do feel that the, to your point, the, in, the indignance, the the, the not-a-bot play actually might have encouraged people to be hostile. Versus, I, what, uh... versus what we're trying to achieve at the Academy of the Impossible is overwhelming soothing, right? Like the Dutch yeah. higa, how uh, pronounce it, right? Like, so that when you arrive, even if you're totally fucking pissed off, that's right, you get embraced. You get fuzzy bunnies. You get crazy goats. And as a result we're really hardly experiencing any hostility at all. Yeah. And and those who do, they change their tune real fast.
1: I mean, you catch more flies with honey and also transparency. Like nothing makes me, uh, become more vigilant than opacity in in any type of engagement whatsoever. If someone, if if I get any sense that there's information that is being withheld, I'm just like, fuck this entirely. Um, I hate it. And so my, my aim has been to take quite the opposite approach and not necessarily always being comforting, but always being transparent, being like, yes, I am. I am right. I am running a program and like, yes, I'm a real person, but I am also a bot. That's true. You are correct. Like, I'm not going to gaslight you on this obvious observation
0: you've made (laughs) for no reason. And especially because like us, there are people who want to learn right who show up and they're yeah. like all right i want to figure this twitch thing out what's going on
1: and that's another another thing that i've noticed in my whispers is like you know a lot of people asking because i'm very like as soon as you land on my channel if you ask what is this channel the automated response is a very detailed explanation of what i'm doing and how people will ask me how can i do the same thing and i always enthusiastically respond with whatever resources i can send their way given you know a lack of background in programming, which is also where I was coming from, um so that they can be empowered to do exactly that because why would they not why why what how does it harm me for more people to have this knowledge and ability? And,
0: and I think that's where the spirit of solidarity is incredibly infectious and a very important value for us to be promoting on this platform. And you know, Harry LeLarin had an interesting comment. I think the expectation that an audience will just manifest is an outgrowth of the cancerous ideology of meritocracy, right? And it, as, yeah. as much of a mouthful as that brilliant line is from Herr Claren. It's very poignant. It is. And it speaks to the paradox of Twitch, that there are actually more creators than there are viewers.
1: 100%. And
0: yet those those creators are like, where's my audience? It's... I showed up. I put stuff out there. Why aren't you loving me? What's going on here?
1: <laughs> well, I, I do think that there is a lack of media literacy be- because the platform is so broadly democratic. And because, again, like many people like my... And, and again, I don't have programming literacy to the degree that a professional software developer does, but I do have media literacy because that's what I studied in school. Yeah. Um, like understanding, you know, like supply and demand. The supply is demand.
0: Oh, we just People don't know we about just, oh, oh, you're back okay sorry do you want to say that again we are uh, we, inter- country internet <laughs>
1: it's okay um so a lot of people don't know that websites like twitch insights.net exist which use twitch's api to break down in a in a digestible way you know which categories are the most popular how many viewers versus streamers in that category are there like which ones have the most favorable ratio Um, And that being said, you know, like, I don't think it's a good idea to, to, to just like a, like a dancing, you know, monkey just joylessly perform to the metrics of Twitch, but also like, it can be a helpful guide as far as, you know, like, oh, nobody's watching me. And it's because, you know, 5 million people are streaming this, this game to, to 6 million people, you know? Well,
0: and, and to your point, I mean... Part of what we've started doing at the Academy of the Impossible on our Twitch channel is teach people, is mentor people. Yeah. And and that's where, you know, we're emphasizing media literacy over anything else, right? Yeah. Because it is important to understand media production. It is important to understand the dynamics of making media. And that's where promotion is an essential prerequisite. You cannot just make stuff and assume other people are gonna find it, you gotta say, come <laughs> to my art show, right? Come to the Absolutely. gallery. Tune into my podcast. Like it's kind of part parcel. I,
1: I mean I'm actually noticing this with my restaurant. Like there, there there's some surprise at at the the lack of initial jumping on the bandwagon i'm like well we didn't do any promotion we didn't have a functioning website if you google searched us like nothing came up and uh we're not yeah we have no social media like there's no like who other than our friends would know that we are open (laughs) guys let's do this (laughs) and then it it changed as soon as promotion occurred people started coming because they knew we existed they knew there was a place to go
0: Well, and that's the paradox. And so in in wrapping this up, I mean, I almost feel that on the one hand, you know, we've we've depicted a dystopia, right? We've we've come up with a very dark and disturbing vision of kind of how Twitch works. And this is where I'll offer my own disclaimer. All social media platforms have similar algorithmic injustice. TikTok, for example, is notorious Mm -hmm. for people targeting creators, targeting marginalized communities, reporting them over nothing and them getting banned. This happens on YouTube. It happens on Twitter. Right. This is a plague on all social media. Yeah. So with that kind of, you know, dark reality on the table, people still want to create people still want to express themselves and i think twitch still offers a unique opportunity that other platforms do not so what advice would you have uh, uh, to a creator uh to a young queer a uh, visible minority woman who you know or to anybody who still feels the zeal to get out there and 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 be part of showbiz be a a professional media creator in spite of what we've all talked about today, what advice would you give them, given that you yourself are not gonna give up, but are determined to come back once this ban has been lifted?
1: So the best advice that I've received is just advice that I'm gonna echo, which is um, regard like ignore your view count early in your in your streaming uh, career. Don't look at it. Act as though there are people watching all the time. Narrate yourself. Like if you talk to yourself while you work, great. Do that switch. Um, because it, it it gives something for people to grab onto and engage with versus just, you know, watching a, a stone faced person play video games or make a make make a face mask or whatever you're doing. Um, is harder to latch onto. You can you don't need the chat. The the, the the uniqueness of Twitch is that you can interact with the person creating content in real time, which is not possible. I mean, it's possible on YouTube Live, but I mean, you know, a, a static not
0: really, yeah, yeah. Then, it's not the same thing.
1: Exactly. Um, so that so so it, it's it's a benefit to you and your content if you especially if you're keeping vods, which I recommend you do. Also early in your career so that people stumbling upon your channel can have a sense of like, what do you do? What's your personality like? Like, what are you interested in? Um, people do want to know what what you're putting out there. Um, and that will determine whether or not they're interested in your content.
0: And, and if I were to kind of rearticulate that as an <laughs> aesthetic, what I hear you saying is is quality over quantity. Yes, right. Don't worry about the numbers. worry about your craft. worry about your skills. Get on the learning curve and build your literacies rather than trying to hustle and, and, and you know obsess over yeah. whether you've got one <clears throat> viewer or two.
1: Work smarter, not harder. It's like a, the restaurant adage. Uh, yeah. Just be more efficient with your effort. That doesn't mean make no effort, but just focus that effort in a way that's going to be the most constructive to your goals.
0: And, and I would add, always be learning.
1: Yes, there's no, there's a, a, any, any sense that you may have that you figured it all out is misguided in any scenario. <laughs>
0: uh, although, you know, to your point about numbers, I, I kind of, it occurs to me, you have an opportunity to demystify something that a lot of Twitch streamers get wrong, which in the context of this conversation is significant. Because yeah. most people <clears throat> see one viewer and they assume it's not them. And they look ah. in their chat list and they see, you know, Academy Impossible or Business Daddy. And they assume that that one viewer must be that person who's not them in the chat. Might you clarify as to what is going on in such a situation?
1: So, I will say that I fell right into that trap early in Twitch. That's how I ended up at Electrical Longboard's channel. But, <laughs> so, uh, so view ca- counted views, like that number above your video, only records people who aren't you watching your stream with the volume on if the volume is not on or if they're not actually watching your stream does not count as a view twitch uses irc what is it internet relay chat i don't even know what it stands for yeah Yeah, um uses irc which is like a a, it's existed for a long time
0: uh protocol it's so old that it's not a program it's a protocol that yeah anybody can use
1: anybody can use irc so you can join twitch chats without actually streaming ever or chatting ever you can never send a message ever in your life and you can still join twitch chats you can do it from your phone off platform like i use Palaver, which is an irc client um so to your
0: earlier point though that viewer number it's never zero Sometimes it is. It's rare. I, I, I've only, The only time I ever see it as zero is, and, and not to get too nerdy, this gets into IRC stuff, not everybody has the same timestamp. So oh. if your timestamp is in the future, that's when I've seen that viewer count be zero.
1: Interesting. But
0: if there's nobody actually watching your stream, that viewer count is still one.
1: I wonder what that... I wonder if that count... Because, I mean, the count isn't necessarily indicative of, like, a static user staying in your channel. It can also represent people coming and going.
0: But Um, even where, like... Because I've experimented... Even where there's nobody coming and going, it's still (laughs) never zero.
1: I wonder... it's still
0: always one.
1: I wonder if you do count as yourself. It's so... I I really... uh, that's something that I think I, I should ask Twitch and, and expect no response about.
0: Um, but it's an interesting, you know, it adds to the mystery. Of- <laughs> it
1: adds to the mystery, and it, it does make people new to the platform very inclined to check their user list once they figure out how to do that. Because also for about a week, I didn't know how to do that. So... <laughs>
0: It's all a learning curve. Yeah. Now, it did occur to me at the start of our conversation that I may be engaged in ban evasion right now by hosting you on our stream. <laughs> And that you also may further be engaged in further ban evasion because you are now de facto on Twitch. So I would just like to reiterate our commitment to push the boundaries of Twitch in the interests of justice, in the yes. interests of what is right morally. Yeah. And and I do think moving forward that perhaps the Everstream Guild uh, could be uh, 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 alongside of you in trying to get better answers from Twitch. So if you do uh, take the initiative to write uh, a reasonable letter uh, to a Twitch representative, uh, you certainly have our permission to co-sign us with you. And therefore, since there's two of us, call it the Everstream Guild. And (laughs) if others dissent, that is their democratic right.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I think that's a good idea. And I appreciate the support and solidarity in that endeavor, obviously. And Uh, uh,
0: yeah. Sorry, go ahead.
1: Well, I and, and again, I, I've been clear about this in all my appeals to Twitch for various suspensions and disciplinary actions. But like, you know, my intention is to playfully toe the line, but not maliciously ever break uh, the rules and community guidelines.
0: Well, um, and that's where I think what we're doing today. If yeah. anything could be qualified as civil disobedience. Yes, exactly. Right, That it's a legitimate form of protest to register our complaint and outrage that Twitch has no justice system <laughs> <laughs> and yet meets out justice. What's the yeah. contradiction there? I don't it's
1: know. Uh, It reminds me of the movie Brazil. Zorro. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. This is a Cherry Hillia <laughs> ch- movie and we're all stuck in it. Yeah. What are we Anyway, I felt Uh, that this has been, as always, a fantastically enlightening, educational, and politically provocative conversation. Uh, Business Daddy, I for sure will uh, have you back uh, here on the MetaViews show. Uh, You are one of our star correspondents. Always a draw. Although I will point out, without getting into detail as we wrap up the show, that when I was promoting uh, this stream... A Discord that will not be mentioned disappeared (laughs) shortly after I posted the promotion of this stream. So this is so potent, so explosive, that I must thank you once again, Business Daddy, for bringing your brilliance, your artistic inspiration. Uh, Not to mention, I, I will bring it full circle and say that one of your streams that had the biggest impact on me was how to sharpen a knife. (laughs) So I very much look forward to, at some point, streams from the restaurant that you're helping to build because I suspect it would benefit the restaurant, but we would love that kind of content. I
1: I love that kind of content. And it's it's good for, it feels good for everyone involved. Right on. Yeah.
0: And until then, I look forward to seeing you at the Academy of the Impossible and other places on Twitch in general. I encourage everyone watching or listening today to follow business daddy on twitter hot dog hot dog halo (laughs) uh, which not only provides up to dates on business daddy's engagement with twitch in terms of justice but high quality memes and information on all sorts of culinary fantasies and accomplishments Thank you uh, again. Thanks again, Business Daddy. Hope thanks to for having to be
1: me. Soon. Of course, I appreciate you having me uh, having me on today.
0: Right on, and thanks everyone else for tuning in. We'll see you real soon.